Hello. Hello. Audrey, how are you? <laughs> Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Let me welcome everybody to Homeless Large Podcast. Um, today we got a special guest. Your name's Audrey. What was your last name, Audrey? Want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, my name's Audrey. Nice to meet y'all. Good to meet you. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, yeah, well, um, I spent quite a lot of 2020, 2021, 2022, um, and the beginning of 2023 homeless with my kids trying to figure out where situation where we weren't either exploited based on our weakness or weren't like bleeding next to a shark type situations. A lot of predatory nonprofit groups, a um, lot of wasted money in our data collected and used to give nonprofits money and us still end up homeless by the yeah. end of it. And um, we're living in a schoolie bus right now and we're, you know, lucky enough to, you know, like have hookups. We've got a bathroom, we've got running water, we've got, you know, access to take care of the things that we need right now. But that was like a rare miracle. And so, I mean, I know what's going on and that there truly isn't anywhere safe for people to go if they don't have like family and friends or, you know, uh, a support system. Right. You know, I was out there for 29 years. And, um, wow. You know, I, I filled out job applications and they won't, I ain't got no address. I can't imagine what it's like with kids. Oh, you had to, I had to rougher than me. No. All that. No. Yeah, no, I mean, it was hard. It was really, really hard. But, um, like, it was hardest once we got classified as technically, like, chronically homeless, right? Because that happened after the Almeida fires because we had gone to, like, a, a, a shelter. We left an apartment and went to a shelter, and the shelter our time was up there. It was 2020. There was just bringing in tons and tons of people, and there was high turnover rates. And, um, and then that was just like two weeks before the Alameda fires. So the Alameda fires happened and we couldn't camp at the place where we were camping because they closed down all camping. So we couldn't even cook for ourselves or anything. So we went down to the expo and registered about that. And they classified us right there as chronically homeless, which put us in the same category as any disenfranchised homeless person who gets put on the homeless information tracking system, you um, basically you're on the radar of the police. Um, you're um, you're not a normal citizen at that point. You're a target, and, and you know it's, it's sad because I mean, how much more can we suffer? I mean, it's not easy living on the streets. I mean, after 29 years, I got used to it. You know, I wouldn't have any other way now. I don't want to be rich. I see what money does to people. I want no part of it. I see the evil it creates. And um, right. I'm proud of who I am, so it doesn't matter to me. There are people out there who want to help me, they aren't getting it. And that's sad. And they're losing hope fast. I'm, not the success. It's I'm having a hard time hearing you. Um, I, said, you... I said, I was standing up here, kind of sitting at the table. I stood up for a minute. Oh, okay. Paper. That's better. But, but, you know, I was out there for 29 years, and I see so many people losing hope because they're saying there's so much help out there, but there's really not. They're being left. They're being pushed around. Right. And that's sad. Right. Yes. And, you know, I've been thinking, like, I, I would love to be in a position where I could 
be on the streets because like like I said, like you, like you said, I don't need to be rich, okay? I'm not looking for that. But we need missionaries on the street, like helping people learn how to survive in a practical way. Because some people do need to back off and, like, be away from the system and the way it works, you know? And if you're a person who's already been on the fringe and you want to be free from that system, there's just nowhere safe for you to go. But there is better ways to live sometimes. But... Yeah. I mean, everybody would just like to be able to have, to not be harassed for trying to survive. Right, just for living the best way you can. Um, right. I mean, like me, I'd rather be out there and I don't ask nobody for nothing, but there's so many people out there that want help to ask me and they're turning to bad things. And, you right. know, I started standing up for homeless and, you know, once you do that, it's 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 a whole other world, man. Oh, it's yeah. Just, I. You get it from the homeless and you get it from the city. This city hates me. And then the homeless. Right. Um, Are you in Ashland? Huh? Are you in Ashland? No, I'm in Tucson. Oh, okay. Man, I'll tell you what it was me and that's where I got I got followed through town by the police all night long. And every time I went to stop and lay down, they kicked my foot and told me, no, we can't stop here. And right. They, yeah, it was persistent. I mean, and then, and then you get to wait. I have a friend. I have a friend who has three kids, and they're tent camping, and they've been tent camping for three years. Right. Because so she careful. refuses the services that are corrupt. Right. Me, I accepted many of the corrupt services, and that's why we were able to get more help than she was. But I had to go against what I knew was right in order to receive those services because I knew they were corrupt and I knew what they were doing. Well, this woman, she's more, has more integrity than I do. And she has her three kids. They have refused the services. And so they're literally tent camping, but they've made ordinances in my area where she's not even tent camping. She is tarp camping and she got a ticket just for attaching her tarp to like a foundation. Like she's not allowed to attach anything. They've made ordinances in our area where you're not even allowed to cover yourselves or have a tent or have anything covering yourself, which I mean, cruel and with fines of, a five, uh, $500 fine and 30 days in jail. That's the kind of ordinances that they've got around here. I actually lost an apartment with my kids that they were going to give us because I was advocating for a homeless guy who they were going to put at the pallet shelters where I knew he wouldn't get any of the care that he needed. He was about to die. He was dying of cancer. He's dead now. But he only had a few more weeks to live, and I was trying to get them to wait long enough for his doctor to give an extension notice, and they said I was interfering and kicked me out of us being able. So you're not even allowed mutual aid among fellow homeless people or mutual aid for homeless people. You can be threatened your job and livelihood or a place to live, like yeah. where I'm from. That's what hurts me is that I've already started I can't stop. I'm a target. Um, I right. need something else is doing, and I stood up to the homeless. And now, yeah, I'm even bigger target than homeless. They I got to stand on the ground and charge with trespassing because I defended the homeless. I asked the cop, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals is deemed unconstitutional to do campaign without a suitable alternative. And we both know there's no suitable alternative. Now, this right. an oath to the Constitution. So, right. Why are they still doing camp raids? Exactly. 
I got sand on the ground. Charged with trespassing. Mm -hmm. I did a job and broke my phone and justified that. I had a hot oh, dog. Oh my gosh! Of course. I had a hot That's dog. That's terrible. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I'm not even trying to make it seem like what I've been through is more relevant or anything. We're all going through all of these injustices. I'm the same boat. And, that's the and the law enforcement ends up being more unlawful and more criminal behavior than the people that they're arresting when it comes to homeless people. You and know, I mean, they have no de-escalation skills like and, and you watch them abuse, you know, other homeless people around you. And so then you're scared to say anything, right. you know, and it's like these people, what? are already struggling. you know, what's sad? these people are already struggling, they're already having problems. And instead of giving them a hand up, they're pushing them down. Right. Each city across America gets money from the federal government for housing the homeless. They're not doing that. They're taking that right. money. They're robbing the homeless. They're taking it and they're putting it in their pocket and then they're making a barrier for people to be able to access the services. In a way, and I mean, I'm honestly to the point where F the state, F the government assistance, what we need to do is help each other, the ones that are like the ones that are the leaders and the ones that can function, you know, then each day we try and help people get themselves their own, their, their own better personal camp, if that makes sense. So like I had a, an idea that we could maybe, we could maybe, I mean, it's just sort of like a pipe dream, but if we could get sponsored by outdoor equipment companies and get paid or at least get provided with the highest top notch, like you know outdoor equipment then that whatever company that went along with that and paid homeless people to test outdoor equipment every day that you are testing it you're getting uh, you would have more experience and like you would have the highest tested product on the market because all the other foo-foo companies or whatever like they get tested by you know people who buy expensive camping equipment and they go to you know they Climb Mount Everest or whatever it is, but it's only used once or twice. It's not tested for everyday use, you know, but if we could somehow get people to be able to like maybe have an income based on how much they're testing outdoor equipment, everything from like a pocket knife to a fishing pole or a sleeping bag, you know, right? and get people like a solar oven, like, of you know, um, things different things that they can cook food for themselves and then they have a certain amount of independence and so like even if you're on your own if you have a little bit of autonomy and you have the right equipment you can actually start to heal you know and maybe get to the next step of being able to get a job or something like that but like people need to have some place to get clean they need fresh water why isn't there places where people could pay at as they use electricity and as they use water? Why aren't there like RV park type things that are for campers? Like why aren't there places where somebody's like, oh, I can collect a bag of cans and get 350 and pay for electricity for 24 hours, you know, right. but I can't pay $40 for a campsite. I can't pay a hundred or $200 for a hotel for a night, you know? But I think that would help people a lot to just have a safe area in the city. If you're not going to have a shelter, per se, why don't you have a place where people can 
themselves shelter in place. You know what I mean? The government is making too much money keeping them out there. I'm going to tell you right. So these and saying, oh, hundreds of millions of dollars. Tucson got $148.7 million this year to house our homes. They turned around and built services and tax revenue instead of building housing. Now there's no housing available. So the shelter. There's no housing. Yeah. There's no housing. But when you think about it, everybody on housing services on HUD and Section 8. They are technically homeless themselves, and they just don't know it yet. You know what I mean? Once they get housing, do you know how landlords look at the homeless when they move in? They just stare at them and find reason to kick them out. Right. Well, now now that's repeating homelessness. They look for every reason to throw them out instead of trying to find a reason to get them to stay. And then they wonder why they're going back out to the streets. Well, they're going to have to They're used to living free. They're not going to just go indoors and live under somebody's stone. It's not going to happen. Right. And the right. thing is, they're adults. They're people. If you treat them right. like people, they'll act like it. But they're being treated like animals. Right. And that's why they're acting like that. Because we're, it's not? at the point where the services are so poor that even a mom with kids who has nowhere to go is going to choose a tent on the street over one of those shelters where she's going to be preyed on for her data and for her kids and anything else because they'll just get her in a whatever program, you know, open up a CPS case and there's all that. Then she could, you know, I mean, and that's the thing too. There was, there's so like, it's just weird. Like it's just weird because people are making money off the data. Have you noticed the news, the way they talk about the homeless and what they put out there about us? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. In fact, that's why I can't stand up for the homeless in my hometown because they paid me off. They paid me off and made me sign a non disclosure agreement. Told me get out of town so that. And then, um, so I wasn't. So I I told my story. They did my story on the news, and it was not my story. Like what I told them, my story was is that we had come from a domestic violence situation. We went to uh, the shelters. The shelters were inadequate. It was 2020. There was nothing adequate for us. Like we went from having an apartment to being homeless. And then we bounced around for three years being used for our data at every turn. And we were exploited. We were like treated wrong. You know, it wasn't okay. But um, because I started speaking up about the corrupt homeless services, they decided to shut me up by giving us um, a schoolie bus to live in and telling us to go on down the street. Well, they interviewed me for the news, and I told them my DV story and how we'd bounced around. Well, they put on the news that we had been survivors of the local fire and that we had lost our home. And I had already signed a non-disclosure agreement that I would not disparage. And they say you lied. So now, no, not yet. Nobody said I lied yet, but anybody that knows me personally in my whole town, which is a lot of people, they know that I didn't have a home that burned down, so they think it's a lie. And then, but if I go back there and I try to do rallies and I try to like do protests with the homeless people or I try to advocate for homeless people, they'll be like, oh yeah, you scammed us for a free bus. That's what it looks like in public eye because when they put that story online, there was nothing I could do because I'd already signed a non-disclosure. So, 
they knew that I knew that they were corrupted services and they knew that they could get me because honestly, I'd rather live in this bus than now, you're, you're be on the street. That, 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 that those corrupted services are going to keep their word at the end of the day. I don't think they will. You're going to end up somehow getting screwed in the whole deal. I guarantee it. it Exactly. Exactly. Because if I ever, if I ever do or say anything to disparage them, they've got legal ramifications against me already. And see, I started this, whole, and then what'll come out is that I have a record. And the thing was, the whole reason why I was kind of in the situation, even in the domestic violence situation, was because I was on probation. I did have a record. I was a felon, and I went to jail. And then I had. Like, you know, a boyfriend who would use that as a way to, like, control, like, my movements. And, you know, he was really abusive. And so me and my kids were stuck in this situation. Well, when I finally got released my probation to be able to move, um, then I, you know, was able to get away from him. But at the same time, getting away from him meant being classified as homeless and then chronically homeless. And then we're by ourselves and totally vulnerable and being taken advantage of by all these stupid nonprofits that are just scams. If there was something you could do to change the face of what they're treating you as, what would it be? You understand what I'm saying? Access to the same public areas as all. There should be no difference in who's accessing public spaces. But there is on. Right? Because anybody, homeless, not homeless, should be able to go to the park and play. Or be able to go to the park and use the water fountain or the bathrooms. Okay? And any anybody should be able to walk down the street. And anybody should be able to sit on the street or even take a nap in the right. public spaces. So you know I guess that would be one thing. So if you're clean and the people next to you are dirty, you're going to get blamed for them being dirty and get treated the same way they are? Have you ever noticed that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, homeless privilege. Like, So if I, me and my kids are in a line with a bunch of homeless people, who gets treated the best? Us. If we're all the same. And then that's not nice, you know, it's not fair. Then you know that person is dual-minded anyway, because if they're a respecter of persons and they're treating one person nicer than the other person, then you, I already don't trust them. So it just leaves us in a world of lack of trust, you know. Yeah, right. They're sent out to do exactly what they're doing. Making a rocket right. so it look bad for the ones who aren't doing nothing wrong. <laughs> that way they right. Oh, oh, so there's guys in my hometown where I'm pretty sure they're part of like the Masons and stuff. And they're purposefully partying downtown and with all the people who are alcoholics and addicts and stuff like that. And they're acting like they're also alcoholics and addicts and they're partying with them and stuff like that. And then they get in trouble and they make it look like everybody's punks. And I'm pretty sure these people are housed. And they're just out hanging out with the homeless people and make being a bad influence, you know, like the bad friend, like Eddie Haskell's. The police are sending him out there. I guarantee it. Right. And he was even when he was really drunk, you know, people let stuff out when they're drunk. You know, when he was drunk, he was saying stuff about 33rd Mason and how I don't know. So I, I felt like he was earning his wings in some way for something by sabotaging. And he made it. So, okay, here's what made me think this. So I was volunteering um, at the warming shelter and it was me and this other guy. And 
there had been a problem the night before and somebody had gotten arrested and so and they gotten kicked out and so there was one more chance if anything went wrong the second night they weren't going to open the warming shelter even though the weather was freezing and snowing they weren't going to open it for the third day and um they didn't have any volunteers earlier in the week so they're like hey will you volunteer on sunday i'm like sure i'll volunteer on sunday and then they're like oh um, so Saturday night, if things don't go well, we're just not going to open it Sunday night. I'm like, okay. And then this guy comes in and I felt like he was like instigating. And some of the, the more kind of like half retarded, um, the, like a girl with neuro, like memory problem that acts out and she'll go and get drunk with it, whatever guy. And then this kid, this kid Zeke, who just always gets too drunk because I mean, he just was beat too much as a child and you can tell that he's nice nice guy just so sweet both of them super sweet but they get in trouble when they get really drunk and this guy was hanging out with them and just feeding them the most and just doing the most and like they all got in trouble hanging out with this guy so that night here i am at the shelter and this guy just will not shut up gets everybody basically his behavior and he, he gets himself kicked out and he leaves and everything. He leaves with the other people who got in trouble or whatever. But because of him and all their behavior, I couldn't open up the shelter the second night. And I swear to God, he did it on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I'm telling you. There's someone out there to do that. Just that. Anywhere. And the thing is, nobody needed to call the police. Okay. Right. So these two people that got kicked out the first night, like the other person volunteering with me is the one that called the police against my will because i said there's no reason these guys are so drunk we could tell them the police are coming and they would leave you know what i mean so there was no reason to call the police we could have escorted these two completely smashed drunk people out the door without any problems i mean i don't even think they would have struggled you know what i said these are nice guys they're just addicts and drunks and and um so anyway i felt like that guy in particular so turns out the guy he looks like he's all hippie and like he could be street and he like is he's got a white van and it looks like maybe he lives in his van but no he was the other guy volunteering with me but turns out his brother is the chief of police in that town yeah i figured so he's a plant he's not yep. there he's not homeless he's a he's plant and he's also a predator he acts like he's helping the girls and then they end up with him. Not, so, you know what I mean? It just like he acts like he's helping, but he's predatory. He's predatory. And this is the guy that they put with me. And it's like I had a way more experience. And but I had a, this feeling really from the beginning that he was there to sabotage the situation, so they didn't have to keep opening it up when the weather was bad, based on people's behavior. Well, it's just the neighborhoods. They don't want. To. Because, I mean, so many homeless people have lost hope that they've made so much trouble now losing hope that people don't want them around. And it's because they were being pushed around in the first place and nobody noticed. Right. Nobody, and and everybody was quiet to it. Well, look what they did to the elderly people during COVID. Like, yeah. you go to the hospital, you're like, oh, you have COVID. We're going to put you in a nursing home, quarantine, and away from your family and everybody. And a bunch of y'all are going to die alone by yourselves because of all these quarantine rules. Ridiculous. Homeless, they left them sitting in the waiting room. They died. Yeah. yeah. But you know what's funny? The homeless, only, I, I think out of everybody, only 18 homeless people actually died from COVID. 
Amen. Dude, I forget what your name is. Roy. Roy. Yeah. Seriously, right? Because we were yeah. in all of these places with sick people coughing in our faces mm -hmm. and like farts. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, we were literally in like coughing fart soup rooms. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. Germs. Straight germs. And, <laughs> and you know I'm what? We didn't sure. get sick. Right. I didn't we get didn't sick. get sick. We didn't get sick until we stayed with vaccinated people, people who had been fully vaccinated and boosted, and they were, like, reluctant to take us in because they're like, well, you guys aren't vaccinated. We didn't get sick till we went to their house, you know? I didn't get sick at all. I went around every Because uh, people living outside are healthier <laughs> than people system. sitting on their couch watching TV all day. It's their you know immune system. What, what's I gotta go outside and figure out what's going on with my kid because I hear germ thing. Everybody's killing germs. Well, our bodies are germ collectors. It collects germs to build our immune system. And if you well, don't collect real germs, you're not going to have a real immune system. You have this artificial shit. Well, what's that? The guy that invents heat. You're fading out. You cut out. Death, he debunked germ theory. He said it's germ theory is based. Um, it's the whole body's immune. That is. You're cutting out. I'm losing. You're losing signal. Not. You're losing signal. You lost signal. You're losing signal. Are you still we there? Lost you. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we lost. We lost signal. Um, so, but seriously, your body needs germs. It has to have them. Right. Like, We're living you know, with all, all kinds of organisms. Right. And, yeah. you're, and we're healthy because of it. But these yeah. people that are doing it, the same thing, killing germs, they're dying. Like, they're dropping like flies. Yes. Because their yep. immune system is being weakened. They're not exposed to real germs. It's artificial. Right. You know, they're, they're, what they're doing is they're infecting a dormant germ that's not really moving or anything. So when the real germ comes along, they don't know how to fight it. Their body does exactly. not. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Now yeah. So, you know. Well, I think all the homeless people that survived this whole COVID period of time, what we're going to be is kind of like the examples to all the, because there's going to be masses and masses and masses of people that are homeless. We don't just want to be stealing and plundering from each other. Like there's enough resources yeah. in the United States for us to take care of ourselves. If we could figure out how to live outside decently enough, you know what I mean? You know, if we pitch in for each other instead of for self, it would be a lot easier. Yes, a little bit of that. Of course, people are so used to being yeah. isolated and stuff. I know for me, me and my kids, we just tried to hide and be invisible, not be caught. Like, like a this. lot of the homeless people didn't even know we were homeless. I, if I say it like this, I say it like this. If I have a ham, but I don't have anything else, you know, it's kind of boring to just ham. But then somebody else comes along with vegetables, mm -hmm. and but they have ham or anything else. We all pitch in what we have, then we have mm -hmm. a dinner. Yes, you know? like loaves and, and fishes are like stone soup. Right. Just picture what you got. Even if you got just one thing, that one thing is something somebody else didn't have. And now we yeah. got a meal together. You know? Exactly. It, oh, that's perfect. I mean, yes. it's called community living. You know, and that's the right thing. Yes. 
Definitely. I think one way we can start doing that is like, okay, so you know how, like what I was saying about at cost living, like it only costs like 350 for enough electricity to like run a heater all damn night. Right. Well, what if we put our money together and stuff like that? Like, you know, like getting places to, I don't know, like with what you're saying, you know, going in on stuff, a place for people to stay or food for people to eat and stuff like that, but just only together. But so we would have, have to put in food stamps. So people have money, put in their money. And then we all yeah. pay the Well, I think it's time for us together. to start boycotting welfare. Start boycotting the services and not using them. Then we could prove their fraud and get the funding ourselves or put to yet. us instead of or giving our yet. data to them. Welfare to start our own gardens and grow our own food. Yes. Yes, and stop relying on the government because what's happening is they're becoming tyrannical because we're a hundred percent depending on them. And well, just that's the thing is we're losing. They're robbing all the slaves at work. That's all they're doing. Right. I mean, right. If you get up and go to work every day, think about what you end up with at the end of your life. Most of them don't end up with nothing. They end up losing their right. house, the taxes. They end up losing yep. everything because they can't afford it. At the yeah. end of the day, because they work too much. And what life did they enjoy? I mean, come on. Life. Exactly. Exactly. I've never worked. I'm in the same boat. I got sick of it because here's the thing. They started garnishing half my wages to my right. ex because when I went to jail, like I was supposed to pay child support, even though like I didn't get child support from him and I signed him off all his child support. But the state like put this thing. So now I've got like the child support. So if I go and get a job, more 51% of my wages are taken. And around here, like that leaves me about enough to pay for childcare. So I'm literally like owing 30 cents an hour for going to work. If that makes hey, sense. I'm going to let my old coach take over for a minute. I go get my 71 year old roommate, uh, some uh, power. Aid. Is that oh. all right? Um, yeah. I mean, I didn't even meet everybody else yet. So he's a homeless guy with me. So he knows what he's doing. He can talk to you the same way. If it was you meeting me, it was probably about, uh, 45 years ago. It's, it's just a radio show. Talk like a radio. Talk about homeless Remember that? With what? Don't hang up on Jeffrey now. You I'm not. You ever been to a Pentecostal church? A pe- yeah. Pleasantville, Tennessee. Bonnie, the preacher. Angie, the daughter. Holy rollers. Hello. You don't remember Holy rollers. Yeah, you don't remember Jeffrey from up on the hill, Sawmill Hill. Oh, no, no, no. I am from Oregon. I'm in Oregon. Oh, okay. I'm like a couple, I'm a few states away from you guys. And yeah, and, and your name is Mary? Audrey. Oh, Audrey, Audrey. I'm with the wrong girl right now. Audrey, no wonder you don't know me. Let's talk. <laughs> yeah, no, this is the first time I met you. Okay, well, nice to meet you, Audrey. I thought you were nice to meet you too. With a lovely name, I especially like it. It's Mary Joyce King. And nice oh, name? and all of her sisters, and these are some beautiful girls too. I remember from my high school years, you know, back in Tennessee. Uh-huh. I'm in Arizona right now, Tucson. Oh wow! But you're from Tennessee. Oh, that's no, no. no. I just went back there to go to high school. Oh, okay. And then I left at a little young age. I got my education. I'm in political science. Uh huh. Oh wow. I yeah, I could teach it, and it covers about everything, including, you know, like physics and, and bio and all kinds of good stuff. 
and that worked all my life. Learned while I was out getting off work at night, you know, and go get a book. Had a library in my house type of thing. I love that shit. I just don't talk like it. Anyway, what was your problem with the government? I happened to know the government hit. Talk to me, Audrey. You didn't hang up, did you, Audrey? You the, gover- busy. the problem with the government is that it's become tyrannical and we don't have the right to defend ourselves from against it against it at this point. So things are just getting a little bit like imbalanced. I don't have a problem with yeah, government yeah. because it's hard enough just to govern myself and I'm not trying to govern other people. But I know that like freedom, the way that it was, I, I don't know, I guess just the way that I understood it when I was a kid is less. So freedom of speech is gone. And I'm getting a little worried, you know, because yeah, I've always said some dumb stuff in my life. So I, I don't want to live in a world where my speech can be criminalized because that's going to be me first. So just don't be a protester. That's what we hate. We don't like protesters. Boy, we'll put that criminal Donald Trump on you. Huh? Criminal Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And he has a group of who. Right. Oh, Speaking of that, I learned a lesson about that just recently. So I went to what we were calling a rally. I made signs. We basically just wanted to have the right to rest in our hometown because like me and my friends, my friend and her kids are intense and she's not on drugs or anything like that. But she has to move like every 72 hours and they won't let her stay anywhere. So I was going to do a rally and we all went downtown to do The bone keeps getting cut off. To me, rally means, if you're hearing me, uh, protest. That's what it sounds like. Hey, Hobbit, is a political rally a protest or is it just a party? Or something's good? And they're like, housing is a human right. And like, they looked like idiots and they made us look like idiots. And so the news story made us look like idiots. And that wasn't even what we were asking for. None of us want the services. We don't want to stay at the shelters. We wanted the freedom to not get harassed every 24 to 72 hours by the police and criminalized for being responsible campers. You know, it's one thing if somebody's causing them up and they're breaking a law. But if you're not breaking a law and you're just trying to cook food or sleep or just rest. You should be left alone. That's right. Right. And so that's what we were. But it backfired. And so now, like, I realized I can't even go to a pro a rally without it looking like it's a protest and without us all looking like fools. And it's not going to do anything. Policemen dressed in black with big shields in front of them. When that shit happens, get away before it happens. You know what I mean? Because that means well, just, that's been why I left Portland. Portland. That's why I left Portland. But see, that was happening three years before 2020. Three years before 2020, 16 and 17, and what would um, there would be like troops of cops in full war gear. War gear.
motherfucking God. There's the instructions. Even in a national emergency where the police have no authority at all, they're out of jurisdiction, and it's time for the military to come in. The whole country goes under curfew, and you got to have special consent from the head of the military or one given the authority to give people the right to drive from home to work, from home to the grocery store, that kind of thing. You're on probation, you got to get to a probation meeting, have some counseling or something. Yeah, special permission required. Military vehicles are all that's on the street. That's how America is supposed to be right now and for the last 21 years since I lost my Twin Towers. 911-2002. My father's heart took it. Uh, the 214, no, 215, no, 2.13, day before Valentine's Day, uh, 2003, stimulus effect came on about a week later, maybe two weeks later, 